We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. about, about, about. She's Lisa V. And he's Randall Keith. And this is another week of Brunch Culture, the weekly show where everything is up for discussion. Yes, it is. And, you know, we talked about Tyrese last week. We gave him a whole main dish. Entire main dish. There were some things that came out. The charges were dropped on him for him. And I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe he didn't do it. But then we saw that he was saying that Jada Pickett and Will Smith loaned him $5 million. Which was bizarre. Yes. Really bizarre. To stay off social media, which he announced on social media after right. they had apparently told him right. to stay off. The irony. And, yes. <laughs> they paid didn't you and you're sense. not listening. But, okay. And then the boy who said, you know, we should stop bothering Tyrese, that boy who gave that little speech. Yeah, the little and, kid. The little kid. Yeah, he was like he was gonna pay his tuition, and I'm and everybody's like, "But you broke." What you're paying his tuition, and you said your friends just gave you five million dollars because you because your legal fees were so high that you couldn't keep up with them. So your friends gave you five million dollars, but now you're gonna pay somebody else tuition. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's bizarre. But then Will and Jada's rep said they don't know what he's talking about, and I say, you know what? <laughs> I can't. I was like drained. Like this has already been a draining week for me for other reasons, but this was just like, you know, why? I don't understand. He he wants attention. I think, and I think, because you know, last week we were talking about it. We were trying to give him like a chance, the benefit of the doubt. Like we went in, but then we were also trying to be like, you know what? There could be possibly something else going on. But honestly, after this stunt, it's like. Even if it's something going else going on, oh boy wants it to be something else going on. Like you, you really doing this? Did you see the video of him um, crying twerking. about his ship, chef, and yeah. twerking? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like I just, you, I don't know. You're doing this because you want to get people talking. You want people to talk about you. You want to be like out there and then there, so that when you do something, it's like, oh well, I can get support. It really is like. You know, I want to be famous by any any means necessary. I want to be relevant by any means necessary. I want to keep people, you know, talking about me so that I can just feel relevant. Like it's. Yeah. And it's crazy. His ex-wife, Norma, says that he missed the two um, times to be like to to actually engage with his daughter. But they I mean, they had to be monitored. But he didn't come for the two. Like, and I'm like, you just cried to my I wanna see my daughter. I haven't seen her in two months. If that was the case, the two times, whether they're monitored or not, you would have saw her. Like you're flying across the country. I mean, across the world to somewhere he went to Africa, Dubai, say he need to clear his mind, which is fine. But if you have the opportunity to see your daughter you're crying about, why not see her? Yeah. Do uh, honestly so, so, so when I found out that I laughed probably for two seconds when I found out it was a lie and then I was just like I'm annoyed I'm tired <laughs> because dude is trolling us all he really is and you don't so this is because <laughs> it's frustrating it really is frustrating so there's a lot of things that I'm kind of like there's certain things I'm like you shouldn't play with right 
Mm-hmm. You shouldn't bring nobody into this whole sob story about what's going on between you and your child because there are actual fathers that are out here that are doing the right things that can't see their child because, you know, somebody's really like trying to just be evil and vindictive and stuff like that. And so when somebody puts you into that place and kind of gives you consideration because it's like, yo, maybe this is you. And mm-hmm. then you start to make up all these lies and you're doing stuff obviously just to get people to continue to watch. It's kind of like, yo, you kind of sick, bro. Like you're crying yeah. wolf. It's like you're crying wolf. And this is not something that you should be crying wolf about. And then you're lying about because, oh, my friends gave me five million dollars. And what was interesting is when when they said five million dollars, I was like. I mean, are the legal fees that much for you? Like, yeah, I was just like, how, like, how did legal fees break you that much when it's only five million? Yeah, Jeez. and don't you have a lawyer on retainer, maybe because you're a celebrity? I don't know. Five million, like that's a lot. You know, <laughs> that's a whole lot. So, yeah, because he just said it started September 11th, so it's not. It hadn't even been a full two months in court. I'm like, what kind of what kind of attorney you got? Yeah, he must have had some other things going on. I don't know, but apparently he's crazy. That's the other thing that's going on. Dude is yeah. certifiably like he has a problem for real. Yeah, and, it's not and even... I knew he was crazy. Like I stopped following Tyrese like over a year ago because it was just he was doing too much, especially when he got that sprinter. I don't know if you follow him, but every day he would talk about how immaculate his sprinter was and he just kept going on and on he was like I'm picking up this celebrity in the sprinter and I was just like something is wrong with you dude because nobody does that and I knew from then that he wasn't like everything wasn't there and now it's just like an extreme yeah his whole deep because I've never I, I, th- I think I, t- I said that last week. I started to follow him with the whole... Well, I started to pay attention to him. I don't want to say follow him. I don't think I've ever really followed him on any social media outlet. But I started to pay more attention to him when the whole, like, him having these deep quotes came out. And I was like, well, you know, I mean, it works for somebody. Um, but I never really thought... I've always admired his story. I always thought it was dope that he came from nothing to, to make something of himself and to be, you know, successful. And he just seemed very aware of those things and like his mm-hmm. his duty to give back. And so I always thought that was dope. But now it's like, all right, bro. All right. I'm good. I'm yeah. all the way good on Tyrese. <laughs> like, we don't want any more. I wish he would like they would just delete his social media accounts. We need a new champion. Just like just like the girl that deleted Donald Trump's uh, Twitter for that hour. Yes. We need somebody else. Just. <laughs> Let's just go to Tyree's social media and cancel it at all. I think it's good. Well, we, I, apparently we need Donald Trump to uh, continue tweeting so uh, he can change. Uh, so the people that's getting elected can shift because I think his tweets are helping Democrats. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's making people realize how bad it is. It turnout is, is at a record high, I believe, for the was it Tuesdays. In New Jersey and Virginia? Yeah, so Tuesday, Tuesday's election, um, actually, just kind of across the board, um, a lot of Democrats won just across the country as a whole. Um, we saw a lot a lot of minorities. There's a lot of first-time uh, African-American uh, mayors. Um, there's a, there was actually a, the first openly trans woman that was elected to a city council um, I forget where it said. Let me actually. I'm actually trying to pull this up so I can make sure that I'm, I'm 
uh, acknowledging these people right. But it was just like an overall just dope turnout. Uh, Virginia, thankfully, um, Virginia actually uh, turned out turned out blue in the governor's race, which was in freaking credible to me. I thought it was. Yeah, I heard. I heard that the uh, Republican candidate uh, was uh, race baiting with um, his his ads. Was that true? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he 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 basically he basically kind of took the whole uh, Trump approach, but he didn't align himself with the uh, um, he didn't align himself with with uh, Donald Trump. Like specifically, so there was no like, hey, come out and support me. But he basically did like the same thing. His ads were very much so kind of let's let's focus on this type of, oh, you know, we have people that are coming in from from the south. We need to secure our borders. You know, we have rapists and people that are coming in to kill people. And uh, Black Lives Matter is a hate group. All of that kind of stuff. He came with that type of rhetoric and he thought it was going to work and luckily it didn't work. And, um, it's comforting to some degree, but I, what I, what to me and we see happen a, a lot of times with politics is that like, we'll see an extreme or we'll get so frustrated with the situation now that we blame. If we, somebody doesn't like the president, they blame local politics and local government Mm-hmm. on the president and so they vote the opposite and so mm-hmm. for me it's still a bit of a lapse in like true understanding because don't vote against him uh don't vote against uh egg i think it's glispy or glassby or glassby or i don't even know how to say it but don't vote against him because you are trying to um make a statement to donald trump like literally let's let's really realize that yo there's a problem in this this uh presidential administration and then there's also specific problems with him as well he's using these same types of re- this the same type of rhetoric it's very like non-inclusive it's not it's not progressive and even if you still maintain conservative values which is so frustrating to me to some degree is that like this idea of conservatism is really now to me is is equivalent to all of like everything that is is very like races and and just not there and it's like yo you can be conservative in some way and and not be that and that's what you should be showing like what is it that you're conservative about be very specific about it um if that's your thing it's not my thing but if that's your thing i feel like you know and i've said this before like i feel like there is space in a there's a space and there's there's a space in a lane for for both and while i can completely disagree with you i still think that you should be able to have a certain space but there's certain levels of like ignorance that you should accept even as a conservative like this whole idea of that like we have to make america great again or bring back you know quote unquote the american way and then you start thinking like so what is the american way what has it historically been it has been very white it has been very you know non-considerate of people that aren't white and christian and it's like yo that's that's a problem like we nobody should be trying to say like oh let's bring this back to america like everybody should have a problem with this so thankfully you know I'm, i'm i'm kudos to uh new jersey uh kudos to virginia kudos to all of the the minorities that that um have found a space and a voice and have won an election that's actually made a statement that you know we aren't going to accept this type of trump rhetoric but what also 
I want to make sure that for me, it's like it's important that we challenge ourselves to do is to not just do it as a knee jerk reaction to what happens with the president. And the only reason I say that is because this is how we got a Donald Trump. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. people are going from one to the other. Exactly. You're looking at like something as being like, oh, well, I disagree with this person. I disagree with this president. So let's just try the other party. And it's like, no, we haven't listened to what they're saying. Everybody was so uh frustrated or like disappointed quote unquote with oh whoa i don't like this and the obama administration did this and obamacare is bad and yada 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 and then you kind of just allowed for a donald trump to come in and now when he specifically does something or says something that offends you then people are mad i was talk actually talking to a colleague of mine and um they were saying like they had a problem they gave they wanted to give they gave Donald Trump a chance and they were like, you know, I voted for him. And I thought that this was, you know, he was going to be a good guy because they were both flawed candidates. But then when he said something that like specifically offended them based on like their heritage. And then it's like, Oh my gosh, I just can't believe that he would be so insensitive to any group of people. And it's like, but bruh, he's been doing this the entire time. He's been like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you, you aren't listening like you can't you're not seeing what's going on you're just thinking that well i'm republican or i'm conservative and so this is going to be a better this is going to be better than this democratic uh reign because this democratic uh administration they they were going to take away our job they were going to take away my job and they're going to make me pay more taxes and then it's like but you never paid attention to what this other person was capable of doing and has actually been setting the stage to do the entire time. Like, get out of here, yo. Yeah. And it's, I'm glad you brought that up because I think people have to not pendulum swing in order for us to have an effective government. <laughs> um, yes. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad you, you brought that up. Um, this week, something happened that I, I didn't even know Meek Mill was in danger of going to prison. Yeah, he's been on probation. So I knew he, I had heard that he was on probation, but I didn't know that he was like, I read it and I am i haven't been keeping up with uh, what's going on. Uh, but I was like, Meek Mill going to prison? Like I saw people like giving like celebrities like encouraging messages. And I was like, when did that happen? Like wh- what, what's going on? So I was just like, oh, wow. And then they told me why he was going back and how much time he was getting. And I was just like, that seems a bit rough yeah, um, and extreme. And apparently they said it's something like going on with the judge and her, like trying to get him to make a deal with her friend or something um, and leave Rock Nation. Yeah. So it's it's actually this story just because I've heard so many com- conflicting things, read some like things that's like, well, is it this or is it that? You know, um, it's a real tough. It's real tough because so my friends and I had a conversation about, you know, do you think that his sentence was too rough? And do you think like he knew better? So he apparently violated his probation four times. And oh, wow. I yeah. thought it was just like two. Yeah. They say he he violated his probation like four times. Um, his probation being like a curfew. Um, he's supposed to be in by a certain curfew. He's not supposed to go outside of the city, the city limits, which he did. Um, 
and I, he had uh, marijuana. He tested positive for like marijuana. Well, quote unquote drugs, which is marijuana. And for me, it's kind of like, okay, whatever. But um, so he violated his probation four times. So it's kind of like the, the thing of, you know, is it bad? Like, should he... Is the judge wrong for sentencing him to prison to two to four years of prison of which he probably is going to everything, everybody, everything that I've heard is said that like, he's probably going to serve at least uh, 50% of that. And so they, the reason they say he was sentenced, I think to four years, but they say two to four years because he probably will do like two years. Um, and so for me, I'm conflicted too, because I'd never want to see, I feel like we have enough people in prison. I don't want to see anybody else go to prison. Like, I just, I just don't. It's just annoying. I feel like there's some other way. But what also is a bit kind of annoying, too, is that sometimes I feel like, you know, probation is a little, you kind of got to be squeaky clean. And the reality of the, the reality is like a person being squeaky clean in some regards is like, you're setting them up for failure. Like, you mm-hmm. know, telling somebody that is that they make their life and their living by traveling, being out doing shows, you know, being a part of the social scene and partying, like, and don't get me wrong. I'm not like an advocate for, I'm sick, I'm going to uh, preface this by saying I'm not an advocate for like meat meal. It's just like a model citizen. He actually does a lot of annoying stuff to me. Like what he did with that homeless guy, like making a homeless guy like do push ups to get $20, I thought was disgusting and it's really stupid. And like him and his friends recording it and laughing at it. Like that's just real dumb, bro. So by any, by no means am I trying to say, like be like an old meat meal sympathizer, but I feel like we have to be realistic and realize that in the context of how he makes his living and his money, um, and it's not just him, but he's also employing other people. He's taking care of families. He has like certain responsibilities. The likelihood of thinking that he is going to be squeaky clean is it's kind of stupid. Like, I feel like you're setting this dude up for failure. Yeah. And it, it, Remy Ma talked about that because she was like, she still has a since she's still on probation. I think till 2019, she said she was talking about in the breakfast club that she still has a curfew. I think it's like 1140. Or something like that every yeah. night. And she was like, the system is set up to put you back in because it's like like yeah. what you're saying. It's hard to meet those standards. And as soon as you fall below it, you're going back to prison. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's not without there's no type of context that's given it to them. And, and, and I've heard people say like, oh, well, you know, that's our problem as a society. We want celebrities to be above the law. And I'm like, I'm not saying this because he's a celebrity. I would think even if he wasn't a celebrity, but he made his living, um, you know, by being out. And sometimes that means being out past a certain a certain time. Cause they, they say his curfew was something like eight o'clock or something. Like, come on. Oh, that's, that's not even that's yeah. not doable. Like that's for his job. He's yeah. gonna have to just do something else. Yeah. And so it's like those types of those types of things, like that's not we're setting you up to fail. And so while one can say like, yo, he he disobeyed the law. So, you know, he he needs to he knew what the rules were and he broke the rules. But for me, it's kind of like how many other times are we seeing other people break the rules and get a pass? Right. How many other times, especially when you tell me that one of his um, one of his offenses or violations was that he had marijuana in his system? I'm sorry, and you know, maybe I'm way they're too gonna liberal. They're gonna have to put 
Congress, ha- half of Congress in prison. I'm, because <laughs> it's like, yo, like guys, at what point in time do we realize? And and it's so frustrating to me also to hear people kind of, well, it's still drug, it's still illegal, it's still illegal. But it's like, yo, like there are a lot of things that are quote unquote illegal that people participate in and for the most part the general society understands that they they participate in but they don't ever get checked nobody has nobody comes in and and makes them you know take a drug test or really monitors them so of of course the people that are always being monitored are gonna be more susceptible to it and people that aren't and while you can say like oh well that's life and you know it is what it is you should just accept it and and move accordingly yeah we could say that but then we also have to at some point in time kind of push back and be like but this isn't fair yo like this isn't fair like they're they're whole businesses that are that are started and being started to actually like capitalize and and on marijuana and those are not by and large i think there is only there's not a lot of like minority companies these are like a lot of white companies that are starting and that are doing this and like minorities can't even get access to that type of into that business to to benefit off of it so we have a bunch of minorities specifically black people that are in prison for drugs, quote unquote, and it's marijuana. And at the same, and simultaneously you also have white businesses that are benefiting profiting on the fact that this is a thing and nobody is in like, they, they get to make money off of it, but none of them going to jail. Like it's just not, come on. So this whole meat meal thing is real. It's real crazy. It's confusing, not confusing, but just kind of uncomfortable. It's conflicting because I feel like, yeah, I do believe that people have to be taught a lesson. I do believe that you should take responsibility for your actions. How bees and ever. I feel like we have to give context to a situation. And then hearing stuff about like, you know, the judge asking Meek Mill to do a certain type of song or do some sort of deal and him refusing to do it and her being like suit yourself. And apparently the two of them having like a history with each other in general, that whole thing is like, she should have not even been, she shouldn't, she shouldn't have been on this case. Like that whole thing just in general, just makes it really uncomfortable. Yeah. And I I think what this reminds us of is that, we need criminal justice reform because <laughs> I mean, some of these things are the mandatory minimums that judges are required to give for certain offenses right. and they don't have leeway, especially with Jeff Sessions in there, um, kind of tightening the reins on the, the mandatory minimum. So it's kind of like, you know, they don't even have the leeway to be considerate of situations right? because of the, um, the mandates by our attorney general so it's just a reminder that we still have to push and advocate for criminal justice reform which it seems impossible with with the administration we're dealing with so it's just one of those things yeah um that it's it's frustrating we have a lot of work to do and it's unfortunate to hear i get so annoyed when i hear us kind of just like oh well he did wrong so he just needs to pay the crime he needs to do the time and it's kind of like guys like and maybe I'm being and I, I can accept I've been criticized to of being like overly empathetic and I can accept that. And the only reason I accept that, because I'm like, well, I want to have the conversation to hear what you have to say that will potentially help me see how 
you know, I need to really understand the other side. So I'm open to hearing that. But to me, it's a bit, I feel like we act very like black and white. And one of the, another reason I really have this problem is I remember growing up and I feel like growing up in the South, we're always taught that things are black and white. Like life is just black and white. You're either right or you're wrong. You're right or you're wrong. And then just kind of life experiences and going different places. And you start to realize that, well, right and wrong is kind of a very subjective concept, depending on this person's or these people's thoughts and ideas and opinions. And so something that like growing up and you thought that you taught that we were ta- we were given the dare program and we were taught that, you know, drugs are a no, no, and it's also oh bad and it's horrible. But I'll never forget reading Steve Jobs uh, autobiography and him accrediting and attributing his ability to think up the MacBook <laughs> and um, the i the the, um, the iMac and the MacBook and the iPhone, and he attributes a lot of that to him doing LSD and being able to think outside and saying like one of the things that drugs uh doing like recreational drugs during the time that he did it is that it allowed him to think outside of this box and kind of to be in another realm and to explore other possibilities besides like this very rigid education that he was taught and then he started talking about how he dropped out of school and he would only attend the classes that he wanted to that he was interested in just so he can get a part of it and then would like go and do some drugs and think up something else and it's like wait 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 wait, hold on hold on hold on i thought this was horrible you know what i'm saying like i thought Mm -hmm. this was so bad and i'm like yo i can't no i'm just not this is horrible we can't celebrate one person for their greatness and genius and they say oh well a lot of that comes from drugs (laughs) and then be like oh no you did drugs you're horrible like why are we doing this guy is it their is it the skin tone is it complexion for protection Protection. (laughs) like like that complexion for protection really be work working for for the uh the majority culture yeah and so i don't know i just i get i hate hearing us kind of want to throw the book at somebody and tell say without even considering other factors because it's like oh well they did wrong so they need to pay and it's like well there are a lot of people that do wrong and they don't get caught the reason that they don't get caught is because they're the people that are doing the catching aren't surveying and looking for them in the same way that they're looking for people that look like us. So we kind of got to, and even if it's not people that look like us, it's people that have like a certain level of income or from certain communities and like, or that live in certain areas. Like, yo, this is, yeah. It's amazing how many people slip through the, are able to slip through the cracks. I think about what just happened in Texas and how the man was able to slip through the cracks uh, yeah. and I'm just like, how did he get like a AR-15? Was it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> how did he get that with so many uh restrictions? I'm like, a history of so many problems, and it's like, okay, yeah. He just slipped through the cracks and did so much devastation, and I'm like, that wouldn't have happened if he was African American. And also what wouldn't have happened if he was African-American or um, if he was um, brown uh, from the Middle East, mental illness wouldn't have been the cause of 
just devastation. It would have been terrorism and not <laughs> mental illness. In order um, for us really to get somewhere, for real, for real, we got to stop picking and choosing when we want to use mental illness. Um, the guy, I remember the guy that uh, shot the police officers in Texas that uh, they end up using a bomb to like blow him up, right? And mm-hmm. I remember, I remember people wanting to have the mental illness problem and it was a black guy people mm-hmm. want to have the mental illness problem but then it became like oh he's been radicalized before and he made a choice you know to do these things and this isn't mental illness because he thought this and planned this out this was something that you know they found that um it, that they found like evidence of him planning out you know i'm gonna do it here and i'm gonna i'm gonna get this place and i'm gonna shoot this way and i'm gonna figure out like he he planned it out and he was he was thought he he put a lot of thought into it so it was like oh it can't be mental illness because of that but then in this situation it's like oh well let's have the mental the mental illness debate and it's like yo mental illness is not just based on what your race is and truthfully we're never going to get anywhere when it comes to addressing true mental illness when we or our government leaders our leaders in the country pick and choose when we want to have the debate nobody ever wants to talk about you know uh, gun violence. Nobody wants to talk about how people are able to get access to certain things that are just that can do so much harm to people at once. But you, we want to have the mental health debate when it's like a certain type of person. And then other times it's kind of like, oh well, you know, this was just a bad apple. And it's like, yo, we we're not gonna get no. We're not all taking this as serious as we should. And even honestly, as constituents, as people, we aren't taking it as serious as we should too because. Then you'll hear people say, oh, well, I really do think that mental illness played a, played a factor in this. It's like, yo, even if it did. So let's have that conversation about every time and every person that we have this with. And maybe mental illness should be linked to two guns. Maybe mental illness should be linked to your ability to get access to certain types of weapons. Like, yeah, because he, he was banned from getting up. Uh, a handgun. They wouldn't let him get a handgun, but he got an AR-15. Right now, wait a minute, because that makes all the sense in the world. It's just all. I was oh, like, and sure. they were like, "Oh yeah, it is a loophole. We got to look at the loopholes to these gun laws." I'm like, "You think? How was that not even in the conversation when the law was implemented? How right. how was a handgun not accessible, but a AR-15 was? Right. Like, what? What? Where's the thought process in that?" So I don't I don't know. Y'all let us know what y'all think about Mimosas and OJ today. Let us know what you think about Tyrese. I know I'm sure most of y'all are drained like we are. Uh, the election meat meal. Let us know. Hashtag chat BC on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. We would love to interact with you. We'll be back with our main dish. All right, we're back with our main dish. Well, today's main dish, we're talking about something that we both can relate to, and I'm sure y'all can relate to too. Caring that stresses you out. You ever cared about a person? And you care so much that they begin to stress you out? Let me tell you, a carefree life 
is a blessing. Um, I don't even, you know, I've had experiences, especially in college, with friends, and I cared about their decisions. And so much till I started being like, you know what? I don't think you should do that. Get them advice. We cool. We lead a conversation. They gassed up. They ready to implement it. Two days later, they did the opposite. And now I'm frustrated. I'm up all night. I'm praying, crying for them to get it together. And they still do what they want to do. And Mm -hmm. in turn, and then do what they want to do and then get mad at you for trying to help them. So mm-hmm. you know what? I don't. I don't, I try not to care, and you know it's hard when you really care about people. Right. I try not to bring new people to care about that much. That's that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> That'll <laughs> fix it. It's Keep like, them on the outs. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them on the outs. Everybody, I already care too much about the people I already in am close friends with, family members. I don't need to add any other things because there's certain people you get them advice they don't implement it and you be like oh, okay well I mean that's your life yeah, yeah I pray for you I hope you I hope you be well uh, right. and then there's certain people that their decisions like really affect your heart and you be trying to figure out how you can help them um yeah. so it's just it stresses you out what do you what what have how's it been for you so absolutely I can definitely relate to this um <laughs> so many ways and so many levels uh this is actually a thing here recently that i've been trying to like find a good balance in because i think that's the trick to it but it's really frustrating for me it's not as much it's not so much frustrating that a person makes a decision contrary to like what i've suggested um that's really not the bigger thing because i think i always go into conversations with like hey you for me i've been to people for you know insight for advice for feedback um or just kind of like to work through something and at the end of the day i know that i'm going to make the decision that i feel is best however the, the frustrating part for me comes in when you come back with the same issue or the same problem or the same complaint that initially got us to this place to have to talk about this <laughs> for me that's when it's like and maybe not once maybe not twice maybe not three times but once we start to exceed that then it becomes yo you are doing this to yourself i can't be mad at the other person i can't be mad at the outside factors or forces you were responsible for this it's your fault you are doing this and maybe i can give a little understanding if it's something like maybe somebody's dealing with a level of addiction or something i don't know but like at some point in time it's like yo you got to take responsibility and ownership for this and so for me when it comes to like being stressed out about caring about people it's that type of thing and one thing that i'm i'm recently learning or really being able to acknowledge for myself is that like when you kind of take on the role of supporting somebody through something or walking with somebody through something um you realize i start to realize that like that thing that very thing it kind of becomes a part of your life too right so like when the person gets upset because they were wronged you kind of get upset because they were wrong like you kind of feel like you were wronged as well like yo this wasn't you know this person this if, if it's a situation where it's like between two people it's like yo that person was wrong for doing this to you they shouldn't have did this or they shouldn't have said that but then you have to start recognizing that like 
people will treat you how you want to be treated. And so if you if the the person that you're close to is allowed to allow themselves to kind of be in that situation, then you kind of got to take a step back because that stress of what they're going through will continue to eat at you. It'll continue to be a huge problem um, and something that becomes unproductive to, for, for you. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to personally just trying to learn. And actually this has kind of been like my past, like couple weeks of trying to learn to find that good, healthy balance between like, Hey, I'm here for you, but then I'm also can't be that invested because once I get that invested, I start to have like these expectations that like, we talked about it. So you got what we were, I was saying. So even if you make a decision that wasn't what I suggested or what I thought we agreed upon, you'll walk away from that situation knowing that like, well, I just kind of got to eat this one, take this L and move on. But now I got to come back and like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. It's like, wait, 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 wait. We talked about this. We discussed this. We knew that this was a, a potential outcome. Like, what are you doing? Why are you here? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. And I, I don't mind doing that for certain people, but I think we have to limit the amount of people because I have moments Absolutely. where I need to to have that have conversations over and over again and friends tell me you shouldn't do this. So I I've been there. I've been that person several times. I could be that person still now, but I just can't do it for a lot of different people. It's yeah. just I have to cap it. It ain't I mean, healthy. It's not healthy for nobody. Honestly, no. Because we all get like that. But it's like, I got to cap it. Like, I can't be that invested in that many people to give that much energy to it. Because I'm never going to get rest. And, cause you, and you have no control over their actions, too, right? So, you'll be so... Yeah, I feel like it's probably maybe like three people. It's like the max. And that's... that's, that's yeah, that's... I think and I that's, do... Three. That's three people that's not going through the same for me. That's three people that's not going through these. Oh, they can't be going through the same same thing. Mm -mm. At some point in time, I'm. I could do a work relationship (laughs) and family member, like you know, somebody going through with their family, somebody going through at work, somebody going through with their boo, or or friend. I could do that. I think that that's a a good number. Yeah, I've I've actually recently, I've been. I've become very, Randall, like, very careful. Yeah, I've become very careful, <laughs> especially people that are going through relationship issues. So I have one person in my life that's going through an extreme relationship issues, and what I started to realize is that I became open. You talking to about dating to, or or regular relationship issue or friendship like, relationship? No, 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 no. Like we're dating. Like we're in a relationship. Oh, okay. And I've I'm dealing with one person that's going through like a relationship issue, and. I, I'm, I ain't got room for nobody else because what that does for me is it makes me say I just want to be single for forever F it all I don't care I don't like this is this is the headaches it's too much I don't understand why people put themselves through this this don't make no sense and people are like oh well you know you have somebody that's there for you all the time and all this other stuff I was like well that sounds great but these people are absolute they're completely lonely <laughs> like yeah that sounds great but the folks that I'm dealing with are going through real real stuff and they feel completely lonely in there and they actually are married to somebody or have been dating them or in a relationship with them for years so it operates like a marriage that's not i don't i don't have time for it so yeah and i i for my last experience it, trying to help a friend with relational it just went really not good so what i've 
adopted is what my grandmother told me. You cannot compete with pillow talk. So when people come to you with all kinds of drama about who they're dating, just be a springboard and let them say what they want to say. But l- realize they're not going to listen to half the stuff you say, because at the end of the day, if they're engaged, especially on a sexual level with the person, you can't compete with pillow talk. Grandma you cannot. such a wise woman. <laughs> you might as well just shut up because you can't compete with pillow talk. So I, when people come to me about somebody they're dating, especially if they're sexually engaged or if they're I was married, just about you say, cannot, you I, cannot compete. You just might as well shut up. Yeah. Nothing you say matters. Even if you give them good advice and they say, yeah, I'm going to listen to you. They're not. So just shut up and mind your business and pray about them and let God do it because you can't do nothing. Yeah. I, nothing I'm a firm say. believer in there's two things that you'll never out. You'll never outdo the peen and the puss. You're never going to outdo. <laughs> you just have to say, you know what? All right, I'm not competing with those because at some point in time, somebody's not going to get it. Like, they're not, no, 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 no. Those things are very, very powerful. And so when you're working with a friend or being there, you just got to realize, yo, I'm not competing with it. I'm not finna like go against it. I'll, t- I'll give you my opinion, but if you don't accept it, if you think it's right, if you think it's wrong, just let it go. Like, all right, it is. Yeah, it you is. can't be emotionally invested because it'll suck all of your energy because that's just that connection with them is is you're not even if you're saying something that's logical like don't do this because obviously this is happening continuously you're not going to be hurt like you're just not yeah you're gonna be hurt for the moment and they're gonna be like yeah thank you and then tomorrow they're gonna tell you the exact same thing and you're gonna be frustrated and then you're gonna be trying to help them and just don't get sucked in just realize hey this is what's happening right now i'm gonna pray for you and i'm gonna keep it moving because that's Yeah, it's not a bad thing. I think that's the thing. So I think we always, this is how people get sucked into these types of situations. We always feel like we have to be there for everything. And I say this, I say we, because I truly, I'm that person. One of the things that I've been working through with myself is like realizing that I've always, I have this very like, I got to be there for you. I got to be there with you. We got to be in the thick of it. If you go through it, then I go through it. If we're close, if you're a close person to me, then like, what you're going through when you're going through it, I'm going through it too. And I want to be there. I don't want you to feel alone. I I don't want people that I love to feel alone or feel like I don't have their back. So for me, it's like, yo, let me do the work for this. Let me be a part of it. And then I start to realize that like, I feel bad if I don't do that, but depending on what the situation is, you just have to let that person do their thing. You do. And it's like, it's no love lost. It don't mean that you're a bad friend or a bad person, but it's saying like, you're, you, you're protecting yourself. You're protecting your own sanity and your own ability to, to keep moving and to keep like, to keep pushing. Because I think we guilt, we guilt trip ourselves. And it's like, Oh, well, I'm not being the best friend that I'm supposed to be. Um, because I'm not in this situation and maybe the person guilt guilt trips you too. And it's like, I feel alone in this because you're not there for me. And it's like, Hey, look, I can be here for you as a sounding board or as a source of advice. But once you continue to do the same thing over and over and over again, what you have to recognize is that the only person that you should want to drag down is you. I got to be strong enough to be able to pull you back up, but I can't keep 
getting into the thick of this, arguing with this person, defending you for something that you are going to continuously go back to. Like, and then just... what's going to happen is that you once once they get weary of you saying truth to them, they're going to turn on you. I just told you the two P's. You can never go against them. You really can't, like for real. And they I, gonna turn on you. It's gonna be, and you gonna be like, "What the heck? I was just trying to help you." And then you gonna be, you gonna be out. You gonna be like, lost a friend. And you're like, "How did I lose you trying to help you?" I literally thought it was just. I used to always think that it was like that happens when like, with like my my women friends, like you know, oh they, you know, you you can't ever say because I've had. Early on, I had a like a, a situation with a friend of mine and like one of her boyfriends didn't like me. She he actually didn't like any guy that she was associated with that wasn't a family member. Right. And mm-hmm. he was just like, you know, I just. Yeah, whatever. And she didn't express it to me initially. I met the dude. I was like, hey, you know, because my thing was always like, I never want to make a situation uncomfortable. So like if you start, you got a boyfriend, you start dating somebody like, yo, we cool. So. I don't mind meeting him trying to figure out like, you know, what we can like, what similarities we have, what ways we can connect on and just kind of be like, Hey, that's cool. So, you know, I kind of acknowledge you and yada, yada, yada. Well, dude just was not messing with it at all. Just, I don't like him. Well, her response to me became kind of like, Oh, well, I don't talk to you as much. I can't talk to you as much. Or like, I remember she had a, uh, she had like a birthday event or something like that. And I wasn't invited. And I was like, dang, like we kind of always celebrate each other's birthdays. And she was like, oh, it wasn't that small, yada, yada, yada. But what happened was her boyfriend was there and he doesn't like me. So she just didn't do it. And I was like, dang, that's kind of, you know, women kind of always do this thing. And then lo and behold, I had a situation with a homeboy. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like his girlfriend just felt like he shouldn't be hanging around dudes that are single. And, you know. If you single, if you're in a relationship or you're trying to work towards marriage and your friends don't, they're not working towards marriage. And we're like in like, maybe I was like 25, 26, you know, you're, you're hanging around dudes that's single and they're not trying to find a wife now, then, you know, you don't need to be around that. And so old boy was just like ghost, like complete Casper. And I'm like, bro, we, you know, we used to always hang out. Like what's going on, man? Like. Where, where you at oh you know things are just happening man i'm just been busy with work and yada 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 six months later they break up oh yeah she didn't like she didn't like you she didn't like y'all she said that y'all weren't like trying to um y'all weren't out here trying to find your wives and so you, you guys were a bad influence and i'm like dang and so but y'all feel what the crazy thing is the relationship still came to an end still even though work still fizzled out and i just and and so for me because it was real because he and i actually um he and i actually clashed a few times because he alluded to the fact that like she had some issues because we there was a we used to hang out there's like a group of us right guys and girls we used to hang out but sometimes you know it's like four guys we would still like just get together and kind of do our own like guy thing hang out or whatever talk laugh whatever right and we kind of made it like we would invite him and be like, Hey, bring your girl, the new girl. Like she, to us, she's the new person. She should be a part of the group too. So bring her along. 
she would never come. Oh, she has to do this. She has to do this. And I was like, yo, is she, she not like feeling the group? Is she not feeling girl? Because in my mind, she has to like feel some sort of way about the girls in the group, right? Like she got to be upset with the girls because maybe, I don't know, she don't vibe well with them. He was like, nah, she's just more of like a person that's to herself. And then he was like, you know, she thinks that couples should hang with couples. What? <laughs> like, yo we've been friends for years like what do you mean like i don't what and then he's like yeah you know she's just like she just believes that her parents never hung around her parents they gave up all their single friends once they they got they committed to each other and it's like well what kind of situation do they live in because that's so what happens if one of their like friends in a relationship got a divorce or like broke up like did they just give up on them too like what how does this what's this logic but from that i say all that to say i realize it's dudes too yo you just there's two things you just can't you can't you just can't compete with them you're never gonna be able to compete with them and i think it's go ahead i'm sorry no no go ahead go ahead yeah and i think what you said is is like you people get into these situations with these sense of i have to have this so nothing, nothing else matters but this person and will totally reckless abandon every other relationship they have, which, yeah. which I get it. I understand that I've, you know, I've been in situations where I'm like, you know, that was stupid. So we all make dumb decisions. Um, but I think it's best not to I've learned not to put too much stock in friends who are overly committed to the friendship. And then say, and then when they start dating somebody, they abandon you in the midst of it. So, (laughs) you know, make these declarations. Oh, yeah. You know, I had a friend. He was like, yeah, you know, whoever I, whoever I'm with, if they not down with you, then we can't, we can't, you know, because you might, you've been there through thick and thin. And then lo and behold. Oh, the lies. (laughs) Oh, the lies. (laughs) You know, so I just. And I, not that I, you know, fought him. I just understood that even when he said it, just be, knowing his behavior over the years and how he is with women, I knew it was a lie. I knew that he really wanted to in his heart of hearts. I just knew that he didn't have the capacity to. So when the when the shift happened, I wasn't necessarily hurt. I was hurt a little bit but i just knew that that was an unrealistic declaration when it was made yeah yeah so i think you have to just even when people make these outlandish declarations about we gonna be together to the end of time and you my home i think you have to just take stuff with a grain of salt when people say stuff like that when people make declarations about friendships and relationships you just kind of just be like you know what don't even don't even put that out there. I Just... told people to stop lying to me. I don't believe in that, that bullshit. No, more. no, for real. I'm sorry. I don't. I just like stop lying to me. Only because <laughs> I've been. So I have this thing. Me and one of my my friends were actually talking. To, we, t- we actually talked about this not too long ago, right? Mm-hmm. And he has this thing of like, it's interesting how you can talk to your exes and like you have y'all you have this thing of like i still want to do stuff or like oh i saw this and this reminded me of my ex and so i sent it to her and like he's like i don't let it go like move on like i don't understand what your problem is and i'm like no 
there's a level of he was like so if your ex called you and was like hey i need something you probably if you, like i needed money or something like that i need help he was like you'd be the dummy that would like be like oh yeah i'll give it to you and i was like yeah and i was like so for me here's the thing i felt like i said that i i love you and i want to be a part of your life for the rest of your life for me that means and i don't make that statement to everybody i don't because I, I feel like it's a lot that's saying a lot but for me, that means whether we're together or not together to whatever capacity that we both can manage, I want to I want you to know that, like, I got your back, like I support you. So, you know, if you're in a whole completely other situation and like something was going on, but I had something that I can do to help you out as a person, I want to be able to do I want to be able to do that. Like and so we kind of made that commitment or pact to each other. And for me. I don't say that to everybody for that very reason. I don't say that to everybody because I realize that's a lot to say. That's a lot to sign up for. And when you sign up for it, you're committing to it. Like you got to be committed to it. It's not like I feel this way just because we're in a relationship. That's like, yo, if you do me dirty or I do you dirty, there's going to be a period of time that we probably just going to have to get over it or work through it. But what I want you to know is that I will always love you like I will always try to do my best with what I have to at least help you out or to see you doing good. My friend was just like, yo, you stupid. <laughs> like, <that's laughs> dumb. Like, you know, nobody, nobody does that. So when people say that, because I realized too, that people say that stuff just kind of in the heat of the moment or because it sounds good or it's like, a, oh, this is what I'm supposed to say. I'm like, uh, I don't believe that crap. I don't believe it because you just saying it because you, you've been watching too much. This is us. And you feel like, oh, they're going to be together for forever. That's not it. No, 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 no. You don't say that junk to, if you don't truly mean it. Like, shut up. Yeah. And I think people, I think they mean it at the time. They want to mean it. But yeah. You know I was going to say they I want to they, mean it. That's not, they that's, don't mean it at the time. They don't even know what it means. And I, I, I've had to check myself too. You don't know what that means. And a part of, in one situation, the reason that I still have, I kind of still try to at least maintain some, some level of like commitment to that statement is because I felt like I said it, not knowing what it meant. That meant that if this person completely hurts you, if this person completely like just messes you over, you're saying that to the best of your ability, you're going to still try to have their back or still like try to find the good in them because you love them. I ain't trying to do that for everybody. I'm just not like, I'm not trying to do that for everybody. Not everybody that I date, everybody that I meet, every friend that I have. I'm really not trying to do that. Nope. So I'm not saying it to everybody. I'm just not. Yeah. And that's, that's funny. Cause I think that's something that happens. Like as you get older, you start thinking about the vows and commitments you make. And you're like, why did I make that? That was dumb. That was real like, I'm, not, I'm never going to be able to live up to that. And so I think, that's why I'm very slow with the words now with titles on people, all these declarations, because I really just believe that sometimes we just we talk more than we think. And yeah. it's just like, you know, in this moment, you're a great person to me. You're stop, amazing. Stop telling people that you never going to hurt them. That's like the like in general. But fellas, please stop telling folks that you're never going to hurt. That's a lie. It is a bold phase, flat out lie. Like, and I, I had to, I or to, or when you date people 
trashing their ex for the ways in which they hurt them because it's like you might do the same thing or you don't even know what factors went into that situation that caused that response you are going to do the same bullshit and it's just it so shut up (laughs) like it's just (laughs) yeah I I remember having to realize that like I oh you know I can't believe he did that I'll never hurt you I'll never do that to you two days later well shoot (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes it's like you do stuff without intention right and so you even in in terms of because my my thing became like I'll never my modification of that was I'll never intentionally hurt you and then I was like you know what that's a lie too because honestly I was intent upon you know flirting or going to this other place or doing this other thing and like yeah I was intent upon doing it I wasn't intentionally trying to hurt you but at the end of the day once you are hurt it's not about like what I intentionally did it's really just about what I did and so it's Mm -hmm. like yo just stop saying it all together hey I'm gonna try my best not to hurt you but I know that I I am going to hurt you I'm gonna hurt you yeah I know (laughs) that I'm gonna hurt you I'm gonna try my best not to but I know that I'm gonna hurt you and that's just a part of life that just is what it is when people like I'm tired of being hurt well you just are tired of living because you are going to be disappointed and hurt that's life like it's gonna happen you just kind of have to start learning to deal with and work through those things and understand that you have some non-negotiables or like this level of I'm not going to like this level of hurting. I can't accept. I don't accept this. I completely reject this. But there is a degree of like, quote unquote, being hurt. That just kind of is going to happen. And I just kind of got to deal with it and, you know, move on. Like, it just kind of is what it is to some degree. Because anybody who tell you they're not going to hurt you, run. It's a lie. I'm telling you, it is a whole (laughs) lie. So when it comes to self-care, when it comes to when it comes to just kind of being stressed out, just in general, like we say all this just for you to for us because i feel like many times as we talk we kind of like preaching to ourselves yeah but like just understanding that there's a fine line between like caring so much for somebody and showing up all the time and also needing to like take a step back and realize that it's okay um and people might call it selfish people may call it like you're not showing up but i feel like if somebody is somebody's situation or problem is kind of sending you through a rat race of emotions um and like confusion and and it's causing you to kind of like not be able to live your life and it's a situation that you don't even have you're not a part of so you don't have control of the outcomes you kind of got to take a step back and it's okay because you should not be it shouldn't be stressful to care and love somebody all the time yeah. yeah, and I think you have to assess people's patterns because one thing I did, um, I had a situation where I had to, you know, take a break from from individuals. But I'm, I think the only regret I have is the way I did it. But at the end of the day, I think I needed to do it, mm-hmm. and I needed to do it because I realized that this was going to create a pattern of dysfunction for my life. Right. Like if I tried to interject myself in the situation, like it was just going to be really, really dysfunctional. And I was just like, you know what? I'm already going through my own stress and drama in my own personal life, trying to grow an organization. I don't need this. You and this person be well. (laughs) That's it. 
<laughs> she will. And maybe at a more mature place in life, I don't think I'm mature enough to handle this situation. I don't think y'all are mature enough to handle it. So let's grow in maturity apart and maybe later maturity. But right now, I just it's just going to be too much. Fantasia said it. There's no time <laughs> for it. Want to tell me how it is? There's no time and for so, it. I think you have to assess uh, different patterns people have and just see what's coming and see how it's going to go. And instead of like trying to interject yourself in it, remove yourself from it and then just grow. And, you know, maybe at a later date you can be joint but just understand that if you notice that people have certain type of patterns you notice that this behavior is going to continue so yeah absolutely you have, to, you have to be aware completely agree well y'all hit us up let us know what y'all think about the main dish let us know if you've been in a situation where you have been stressed out or honestly if you are in a situation where you've been stressed out about caring about somebody or somebody that's close to you and how you deal with it i'm truthfully asking because i'm open for some tips of what i can and need to do in the 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 situations that i'm in and trying to find a good balance of loving somebody um and also loving myself. So hit us up. Use the hashtag ChatBC. You can also make sure you hit us up on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture. And we'll be back for our Toaster Roast. All right, we're back and it's time for our Toaster Roast. I'm going to kick uh, I'm kicking off this week with a toast um, to Mr. Chadwick Boseman. If you guys aren't familiar with Chad- Chadwick Boseman, I'm sure that you, you've you seen Jackie Rob- Robinson. He's played Jackie Robinson. He uh, played James Brown and Get On Up. He also played Thurgood, Thurgood Marshall in um, the most recent movie that's out now, Marshall, which I have yet to go see. Um but so you've seen him a lot. You probably just don't know his name, but he is also um, the star in the Black Panther. He's playing the the character. He's playing Black pa- Black Panther. I believe his character, the character's name is like Chala or something like that. Um, but I'm, I'm toasting to him this week because um, just as a as an actor and like the way that he decided to approach the role. So he actually um, speaks with a, I believe it's a British accent um, that he has is like his natural accent. And in his, him not using it, he, he talked about just kind of like developing a new accent specific, specifically for the role of black Panther. And he talked about the need of doing it is because, um, Wakanda, which is where the the world in which uh, the characters in Black Panther exist, they were they've kind of like this technologically advanced society that has been separated and they they've never they were never colonialized. They were never taken over, you know, by Europeans and influenced by Europeans. And so in his mindset, it's I need to develop a a a type of accent that shows that there's that whole colonialism and that whole idea of like being subject subjected to like what the white world standard is, is something that this character has never experienced. And the characters throughout the movie have never experienced. And he's actually the leader of Wakanda. And so he's like, it's more important for him to um, make sure that he can maneuver outside of the realm of that reality, which is extremely hard to do because across the globe, you know, 
we are all affected by that in some some way, shape or form, especially here in the U.S. Um, and so it's like if he's portraying a character that existed in a in a world where that never happened and they kind of been isolated from everybody else and able to build their own things and have their own success and do their own things. Then he just even in the way that he communicates and he conveys uh, the messages of the character, he has to do that in such a way that it shows that he's free from that. So. I thought it was just really dope as an actor. Um, and and I'm, I'm not sure if that's something that he was kind of uh, po- like posed with when he signed on to be the character, if it's something that he developed himself. But I think either way is dope. It's dope to, to kind of take on that as an actor and to be able to talk about that um, beforehand, knowing that people are going to go in with the expectation of, now I want to hear how he sound and I kind of want to critique it. So you've kind of signed yourself up for that critique, but even to just kind of publicly talk about how important that is and to really acknowledge that this movie, uh, black Panther, while it is just a, a quote unquote, just a, a superhero or a comic book movie, there's so much that goes into the character and so much meaning behind, uh, what he's doing and him just kind of accepting the challenge and, and moving forward with it. I think it's dope. And I'm, of course, really, really, really excited to see this movie. Um, probably too excited to see the movie. I have all kinds of plans about what I'm going to do, but I just want to toast to him because we see him playing all of these different, like, um, black figures and black people. And these are black people that come from, uh, the U S and, as opposed to kind of taking a a position of just kind of like, Hey, I don't want to understand their plight and their story in depth. Like he's really doing that. And I know black Panther doesn't come from there, but it's like, he really is. And I know he understands the, as he has experience of, of just being a black person in, in the global world. So I know he has a a certain experience, but him just kind of being, because even being a person that's quote unquote woke, I think there's a certain level, there's certain types of experiences that are just different. And so they can be similar in the terms of being oppressed or, you know, having um, just kind of a, a negative experience in general. But you also are just very like clear and and considerate of trying to acknowledge this specific experience and trying to be true to that specific experience and acknowledge the ways in which it's a little diff it may be a little different or um or or the same um to your own personal experience and so i just want to shout out to chat chat with bozeman i think that just reading the article about him doing that it gave me like an immense amount of respect for him um as an actor and it just made me 10 times more excited to see the movie black panther so y'all will hear me talking about black panther a number of times toast you mr chadwick bozeman and yeah that's my toast awesome well i want to toast to julian turner he's a student at morehouse he did a a video um in biology class his professor said you can make a video um out of anything for extra credit uh for biology and he did um one and it went viral and uh, he was on Good Morning America with his professor um, and she was like she was really impressed. And I think he took um, a little little Uzi. I don't know who these rappers little like Uzi. these new. Oh, Uzi. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tom. That's all right. <laughs> uh, tour life and changed it. And to uh, and he was like, all my cells are dead. If my jeans go left on red. I don't know. It was like, oh, man, I wish I would have had that song in, in biology class. I probably would have did better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, toast to Julia Turner for being so creative. And I think creating something 
that probably could help students in his class that were probably struggling with those concepts. It's right. amazing when you hear stuff in a song and how it sticks with you versus just your professor lecturing or you reading it in a, a book. So shout out to Julian Turner. And I just think it just speaks to black creativity and the ways we're able to bring things to life um, to help people is amazing. So shout out to him. Dope, 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 dope. And so this week we are going to uh, leave you guys with a good vibe. Um, this week's good vibe is very simple, but it uh, follows a line with what we talked about for our main dish. And what honestly I think is just something that we all need to hear. This week's uh, good vibe is self-care is how you take your power back. Self-care is how you take your power back. Um, I actually saw a friend post that on Instagram and I just think it speaks volumes to something that we have to acknowledge, right? Like when, in whatever situation that you're in, um, whatever that you might be drained, stressed out because you're helping somebody or just kind of like, you know, life has become a lot. Work has become a lot. Uh, the news and media has become a lot. Social media has become a lot. Whatever that thing is, the real way that you truly take your power back from it all is to care for yourself and to do self-care and to be intentional about self-care and, and doing the work on yourself that you need to do. So let's make sure we keep that in mind and don't forget that and do that. Um, that wraps up another week of Brunch Culture, guys. We thank you so much, as always, for listening to the show. You guys are still rocking with us, and we appreciate it. We appreciate the feedback that we've been getting, people emailing us and people uh, hitting us up and letting us know what they think and kind of responding to the things that we're talking about. That's why we do it. That's what we're here for. Make sure that you hit us up on iTunes. Leave us some reviews. We haven't had reviews in a while, so we are asking you guys to take, like, two minutes or two seconds out to just go and leave a review. Uh, let us know what you think. Your reviews allow us to uh, petition people to get some sponsorships so that we can keep the show going. So uh, do that. Leave us reviews on iTunes. Subscribe to our show. Um, interact with us. Hit us up on Facebook. Um, at We're at facebook.com backslash brunch culture we're on instagram at brunch underscore culture and on twitter at brunch culture and remember we have a nice website that our very own put together miss lisa v put together us a good website at <laughs> www.brunchculturebc.com so hit us up we out here thanks so much for listening remember here at brunch culture everything is up for discussion